Welcome to the Nakuda podcast, Shai Gutman, where we explore the Tayug mitzvahs of the Parsha. This week there are notably less uh, mitzvahs discussed in the Parsha, uh, partly because of the great emphasis on the, um, the blessings and curses which we're not going to talk about. Instead, <clears throat> we're going to talk about one of the mitzvahs that's kind of a bit surprising that we find in this parsha, which is, I think, somewhat neglected, actually. Unlike uh, we talked about last week, the Kan Sipur, which is uh, discussed uh, at length in many, many different uh, commentaries. But uh, now we're going to talk about the mitzvah of Veholach Bidruchov, which would seem to be a rather general uh, mitzvah, uh, which literally simply means to walk in his ways. Uh, what does that mean? Obviously, it has to be defined. Uh, otherwise, it's just uh, kind of meaningless because it doesn't seem to be referring to anything specific. But we find that it is interpreted in a very specific way. But it's also surprising because we are generally taught to think of um, a particular area of of uh, Torah study, it's a Torah expo- exposition uh, called Musar. And Musar is the area of Torah study which deals with the way we behave, the way we act, uh, very often just to one another, um, how we you know, behave uh, emotionally and how we treat other people um, on, a, on a daily basis, without specifically talking about a particular um, ritual or um, some kind of a, a injunction or some kind of legal thing. It's, it's much, much more um, open to interpretation, much, much more leeway provided in, in this particular type of study. And it's gone through various um, tekufas, various uh, periods, where it's been handled a little bit differently. There is a lot of, I mean, Musar literature goes back to the Tanakh itself. I mean, we've got uh, the uh, moral, moralistic type of literature, things like uh, Mishle, um, and uh, later by the, in, the, in, in the Mishnah, we've got the uh, Perki Ovis. These are called you know, ethical types of, uh, of discussions. I was talking about general, general, you know, menschlichkeit. I mean, how a person behaves on a, regular, on a daily basis, and because of its relegation to this type of thing, um, and later on, okay, so later we've got the rishonim in, in Swarim like Chovas um, Lavovas and Shari um, Tshuva uh, or Chasadikim, these kinds of Swarim. Later on, there is what's called the Musar movement. Actually, before that, even we've got um, books like that of uh, Litzato, uh, the Masilis Yeshorim, talks a lot about you know behavioral type things. Um, or the Sefer Hasidim, for example, uh, Sefer Haredim, then and Moshe uh, Korovero's uh, uh, Then later we've got the Musar movement, which was kind of a response to the Hasidic movement. Uh, with Rav Yisrael Solanter and uh, a number of, uh, you know, Kelm and, and uh, Slobodka and all these various um, 
schools that um, took on this type of subject, subject matter. And they're all talking about how people uh, treat other people and how they deal with their own emotions and their own behavior. Um, we're usually led to think that this kind of thing is more of a rabbinic type of thing. It's, and it's not specifically covered by a mitzvah in the Torah. Um, things like this are called midas uh, chasidus. Uh, it's like if you, according to how big a tzaddik you are, what kind of level you're on uh, in behavior, uh, that, that, that's what determines how uh, careful you are about such things. But they, the, 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 the tendency is to think of these things as not being covered by a particular mitzvah doraisa, mitzvah to the Torah itself. But here we find that it really is, because Allah bidrochav is specifically that. And what's so interesting about this is, is that not only is it a mitzvah to the Torah, but this falls under the, under the category that's called Adam el-Elyon. It's, it's the principle that we have to try to resemble our creator to the greatest extent that we can. It was, and this is a, obviously a, a limitless goal because Hashem is infinite in his, in his middus, in his kindness, the way he treats his creations. But we have to try to emulate the way he treats his creations in, in the kind of actions that we um, exhibit in the way we, we, we treat each other. And by doing that, we become more godly. Uh, we come to know him better by emulating him. And we cause what's called the hashrua, sashchina. We cause the, 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 uh, the shchinas we talked about last time, about the, uh, the uh, tzipor um, symbolizing the shchina. The idea is that how do we bring the shchina down to earth? How do we give it a resting place in the world by uh, emulating Hashem, by, by, by acting with others the way he acts with us. So that's an extremely important concept. It's something that would appear to be one of the most basic uh, injunctions of you know, how, we can, how we can behave. Uh, it's a very interesting um, uh, side note about something that I saw this week in regards to the, again, the Pasha of, um, of uh, Shliuch Ken um, in the Ramak, in the Tikkuni, in his, his parish on, on uh, Tikkuni Zoyer called Or Yokar, where he discusses the idea of um, how do people again become more involved with the Shechina, and he talks about the idea of kvius item actually, uh, the idea of kvius of of, the, of of making your Torah and Phila something fixed, um, and basically what what that means is a priority. In other words, if the main thing in our day is the time that we spend on learning and on the performance of mitzvahs, then our character changes because what we're doing is we are allowing a place for the shechina to dwell on our neshamas. Just as the shechina itself is like a neshama to the world, our shechina then becomes a place where our, our, our neshama can become a place where the shechina dwells. And that that, that transforms us into being much more godly than we would be without that. So according to the amount uh, that we choose to make the permanent aspect of our life and the, the, uh, the main emphasis of our life and the focus of our lives to be our involvement with Toyan Philip uh, and, and, and Masim Toivim, 
that is the extent to which we allow it to really take over our personalities and, and to take over our beings and to become actually something higher. Of course, this is extremely relevant to Elul, because Elul, we're always talking about doing tshuva. Um, this is an idea of doing tshuva in more of a, uh, on a, more of a character level, as opposed to for specific uh, actions that we did that we want to, um, that we want to uh, atone for. Um, and I think this broadens our concept of tshiva considerably, that tshiva is really not just about um, trying to think back on all the things we did wrong and all the things we feel guilty for and trying to make amends for those things. Of course, that's, that's a very important thing. I mean, you can't neglect things that you've done wrong. But a lot of times people have either felt that they have already um, expended considerable effort trying to do tshiva for specific things that they know they did wrong, um, and they acknowledge there's a lot of things that they um, acknowledge they probably did wrong, but don't know exactly what. So then um, they don't know exactly how to do tshuva for those things. But here we're talking about something on a more general level that by doing the um, by doing uh, by by first of all involving ourselves more with with with, with things and making that as I say the the major emphasis of our lives. Um, that transforms us as people so that we see change. And the main thing about tshuva is change, that we're acting differently now than we've acted before. So the whole thing is becoming developing our, our sensibilities and our, and, our, and, our, uh, and our capabilities in terms of uh, making ourselves into more godly beings. Um, that is done on a, on a character level, and that's as much a part of tshuva as anything else. So um, let's go even a little deeper into it than that. And this kind of goes into the emphasis in, in Hasidus. Uh, we've mentioned the Sefer Tomer Devorah from the Ramak. The, the Ramak goes into this in depth, talking about the idea of Midas as corresponding to the, um, to the spheres. Okay, we have, most people have heard at some, some level or another of the ten spheres, which with, with which the world was created, um, and if you know what those spheres are, you realize that they correspond specifically to the midas, and not only that, they correspond to the ovus. We know that from the Shpizen, for example, the, the seven uh, fathers and forefathers that uh, are all um, also correspond to the midas. You have Avrom being Chesed and Yitzhak being Vura. And you know, which is uh, uh, corresponds to Hava and Yira, you know, love and fear, and and uh, Yaakov is Tiferes, which is Rachmim, and you've got uh, you know down the line, Aaron and uh, Yosef, and David, Moshe, Aaron, you know, Yosef, and David, uh, each one corresponding to a different one of the of the spheres. So these spheres are talking about behaviors and characteristics, attributes which are uh, embodied in actual people. In other words, Avrom Avini is, is, is said to embody or to, to, to bring down the midda, the, the characteristic of, of kindness and, and love and uh, uh, giving um, into the world and thereby becoming what's called a merkava, a chariot or, or a, a, a means by which a tzinor, a... a, a, a conduit by which the, this particular midah, this particular characteristic of love is brought into the world. 
And he was a real person who did acts of kindness and acts of, of uh, you know, responded to things with love. Of course, the whole thing with the Akeda that was to bring out the opposite meta <clears throat> of, uh, of, of strength or, 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 or year of fear, which is to round things out or whatever. And there's a, there's a discussion itself. But the point is that it's a particular type of behavior, it's a particular type of personality that emphasizes that aspect. It's called the right side. Then you've got the left side, which is the, the idea of yira and strength and uh, you know, fear, which corresponds more to Yitzchak, and he was more that type of personality. He uh, wasn't so friendly, so you know, outgoing, whatever. And then you've got uh, Yaakov with all of his uh, challenges and, and tribulations uh, and how his uh, personality demonstrated the aspect of, of uh, Rachamim. So what that means is that every individual... As we've talked about many times, every individual has his own particular personality, which is a combination of different midas, of these different characteristics, which cause him to act in a certain way. So that just to say that is that like to say that, well, everybody has their, their natural tendencies and uh, uh, they should, you know, what do, what do they do beyond that? I mean, obviously the whole idea of Bechira, of having choice, is to be able to have some level of self-control to do something with that. So what's the idea that we should all be identical, we should all equally embody all of the Midas? So the fact is that we say not like that. That really every person, every individual is, is what is he supposed to do with these Midas that he was born with? Because either through, through a Gilgulim, the idea of you know, being, being uh, reincarnated from, from a previous uh, iteration that, that uh, had maybe different Midas or certain Midas that weren't, weren't uh, perfected, they weren't, they weren't developed. So what do we do with these middas? So obviously, we every middah has a positive side and a negative side. Because if you love, if you if you tend to be a very loving person, so you can love the right things or the wrong things. A loving person could become an addictive type of personality that just loves certain bad habits, which are not good for them and not good for other people. Um, there's uh, sometimes a very passionate person can also be an angry person. So obviously, there's a positive and negative side to each middah. And, there, and then there's also an idea, of course, you have to round things out so that you're not totally devoid of certain middas that you don't come naturally to you. And as a person who's not a naturally giving person, for example, has to, de- has to work on themselves to develop that side of themselves so they should be giving when, when it's necessary to do it. But they're not necessarily going to uh, radiate that middle to work on themselves to such an extent that that's going to be, uh, they're going to turn into ex- exact opposite type of person that's not expected of them. But the idea is then to take the middle that they do have and find the godly way of, of, of uh, uh, expressing that middle so that you look at how does Hashem express that middle and how do we uh, then um, utilize the potential of that particular characteristic to be able to use it to its uh, ultimate extent for the good and for the godly purpose that it was intended to be used for. So in other words, if a person is given a particular thing to work with, even if it is um, in the raw form, you know, as a child or whatever, or as an adolescent being, it's, it's expressed in a negative way, it's up to us to then use the level of, uh, of introspection and, and self, uh, self-analysis to be able to understand what is the potential of that middah, because every middah is itself a, uh, an opportunity and a gift to be able to be used for its positive potential. And again, as I said, the way to do that is to look at the way Hashem, throughout 
the Tanakh and everything we know about how Hashem uh, treats the world, you know, he treats his creation, to look into what, and, and also of those, uh, you know, of our forefathers and our sages that have been exemplary, uh, you know, exemplary examples of that, that particular middah, see how they used it, emulate them. And by emulating them, we're also emulating Hashem. Okay, so there's another aspect to it, which is kind of Hasidus is added to the, uh, the richness of this whole concept, is that each, and also I think it's really, it's really preceded by the, the Talmud Devar from the, the Ramak. He really uh, starts this, uh, this trend, I think. I think everything is really basically taken off, and Hasidus is taken off largely from his, his example. The idea is that each of these middas is also associated with a particular emotion. So as we said before, the idea of chesed, Okay, so chesed as an action, as, as a, as a uh, way of reacting to things is to be giving and loving. And that means, it, it means it's a particular type of action. A person who's giving is mashpia. He's, he is um, adding to something else. As opposed to gvura is a concept of holding back. So that's an idea of discipline and, uh, and, and uh, self-denial uh, in, in certain situations. Um, Strength, you know, being able to hold back, uh, that kind of thing is the, the um, self-control. That's all. Those are all, all expressions of um, of of yira, of of, uh, of of strength of gvura. And then the middle is more of a synergy between them. The idea of rachamim is to not to be so overly giving necessarily, but to take uh, to give when it's appropriate to give. In other words, if you see the person is deserving to be given, you give them. You don't hold them back and, and just you know, deny them, but you, you, you give them. But it's more with a, a kind of a, as a response to the, the, the compassion being awakened within the person. Okay, so those are the behaviors. But then there is the actual emotion itself. So as we said, the midah of chesed is also associated with love, which is ahava, which is love of Hashem and, and ahava sisrul. It's an actual emotion. So it's an emotional response. And that emotion is usually a natural emotion that's, that simply the, that particular person is prone to react to things more in a loving way as opposed to somebody else is, uh, let's say, Ngvura is uh, more prone to Yira, which is more of a uh, uh, backing away from something, um, looking at things more from a distance, whereas uh, the more loving approach is to get very, very close and want to, you know, want to get to to uh, bridge the gap and, and get rid of that distance. Whereas, you know, sometimes that's not appropriate. Sometimes you're supposed to take more of a of a, of a distant approach. But in any case, there there is, a, uh, and also it can be prone to fear as opposed to love. So, but fear is also a necessary uh, necessary emotion. So, what I'm saying is is that this is also a way that we appreciate how our entire being. And things that come very natural to us are all part of this whole uh, this whole avoida this this, uh, this concept of avoidance Hashem as being all encompassing. When Hashem tells us, as He's telling us to love Him with our whole hearts and our whole our whole lives, our whole souls, you know, our whole beings. So what does that mean? It means that within every person, there is a capacity to love. We love, you know, every person loves certain things. I mean, they, they love the things that are close to them. They love their, their, their family. They love their, you know, their parents, their spouses, their, their children. 
um, and they love uh, very often they love the thing that they're doing, or they love certain things in uh, about their lives. So these are all things that are order their love. But when they realize that in order to make love into part of their avoida, they have to be using it consciously, using it with a purpose, using it in a way that, again, emulates Hashem himself, and is, it's directed towards Hashem himself. So in other words, it's not that the uh, emotion, emotional part of our lives and the, way, and, and, and the way that we act to things is outside of the uh, rubric of, uh, of what is Hashem, on the contrary, because we are told here to, to uh, follow Hashem in all of his ways. And that means even including the emotions themselves. The advantage of this is, is again, if a person integrates and, and internalizes their approach to, uh, to avoid it, to the extent that we're talking about, which is, you know, when you make this the major focus in your life and realize that this is the really important thing and everything else is subordinate to this, then it becomes so much a part of your life that naturally, it, and, you be, and, and, and you, when you involve your emotions in it, so it's not just an intellectual exercise or you're not just doing it out of habit, you're not just doing it, you know, for the rewards or for the, uh, for, you know, the, the recognition or whatever it is. Once you do it, because it's become so much, uh, uh, it's, it becomes so much a part of you that you actually respond emotionally to things that are presented to you in in, in the course of, of, of life. Um, then you're, 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 it will follow automatically, naturally, that you'll do the right thing. Because if your emotions are in the right place, and if your thoughts are in the right, are in the right place, and you're totally involved in this avoida, then the the action will follow suit. It'll it'll make sense for you. It'll it'll seem natural for you to react and do the right thing because the on the, on the more internal levels, the the emotions and the and the midas have been developed and they're going in the right direction. So this is true in terms of the way we control ourselves and the way we direct ourselves, and in terms of the way we direct our children or our students. That it's that this is it's it again. It's not just about doing the right thing, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, knowing what to do and uh, and 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 doing everything perfectly or something. It's about being totally consumed, totally taken over, totally dedicated, involving every aspect of our nature to be following Hashem in all of his ways without holding back anything, without feeling that, you know, oh, this is too much or I'm trying to get away with a minimum, whatever. It's all about it became, becoming a total experience where the person is totally transformed in terms of his emotions, his character, his, uh, the, 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 his, his desires, the 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 uh, the itself, the reason to do things, the the the, uh, the the will to do things, the motivation to do things, all is supposed to be totally transformed. And as we said before, the way to get there is by making that the focus, by making realizing that that is a priority, that is the most important thing. That's what we're really striving for, and to realize that that is not limited by some kind of concept of of Yiddishkeit just being uh, pigeonholed to certain specific things that we do, and, and, and you know, it's, it's like in its own box, and everything else is, 
is is uh, very often takes priority over that you know uh, whether it's a career or or uh, you know uh, fame and fortune you know panasso whatever it is that happens that, that that we feel takes priority over those things so when you're talking about real tshuva, that's what we're really talking about. And, um, you know, it's, well, it's the time to wake up and, and really understand what Yiddishkeit is about. And the best way of doing it is, seeing, is, is seeing what are the Talmuds is telling us. And uh, this is a very big one. So, and a good If you would like to contribute to the organization that produces these podcasts and see what else we're doing, access some of our other uh, materials... You can find that at nakuda.org. That's N-E-K-U-D-A-H. That is nakuda.org. And um, you can also have the option to email us and contribute to dedicate the podcast in memory or in honor of any occasion or in memory of some loved one or whatever. Uh, and we'd be very happy to get that support. Thank you so much.